Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, welcome back to our still untitled rewatch podcast. Although I don't know, I, Natalie, should we just what, what do we just call it? The one that Natalie said, even though we yeah. haven't vetted it or found out it's <laughs> past yes. copyright muster. Uh, Natalie, you want to announce what this is now called until we find out that we can't call it anymore? Be good and rewatch it. That's good. I like. That. I like so it. Be good that's the name until we do a Google search and find out <laughs> that someone else has it. So just that you can take that to the bank us. until you can't. You take it to the bank, but don't cash it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Go to the, the bank. Walk around outside the bank. You know, yeah. it's fine. Just hang out there. Uh, so this is our third entry uh, in a rewatching uh, James DeMonico's Purge series, uh, what at least started as an underrated horror series infused with striking pool imagery and some messaging. We've uh, previously looked back at The Purge and The Purge Anarchy, uh, the first two movies in a four-part series that uh, actually this week... Uh, DeMonico announced he wants to end with the fifth movie. Um, huh. So uh, today we're uh, – I wrote the, the line in my uh, script here says deep dive. I don't know if I'd call this a deep dive. We'll <laughs> dive into the third movie, uh, The Purge uh, Election Year. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll save our, our my whole thoughts on that uh, until we get <sighs> the, and introduce the whole Waypoint crew uh, who's joining me here for this discussion. Natalie Watson, who you've, you've branded this podcast, so um, ha- that makes me I happy. Don't... I don't know if this pool has a deep end, y'all. Of, of <laughs> wow, that's a great line. God damn. Uh, Rob Zachney. You better fucking win. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, Rob? that's how we're going out. Okay. Um. Austin? Is that about subterfuge? Is this, are we talking about subterfuge? <laughs> because... It is a line from the film. His, oh, that is a, that is a line in the film. Repeatedly. I also better fucking win because there's a timestamp for this. Because I have no idea when this episode's going to release. Because we have another one to release before this one does. Yep. Rob and I are currently in the middle of our subterfuge game. We have to stop Teal from becoming a tyrant. It's a whole thing. Um, uh, uh, I'll put this out there. Here's the thing. I the first my very first note uh, on the purge is my opening gambit. Is uh excuse me, hands up, don't shoot Mike Brown shirt in the intro. Whew. Yeah, dog, you missed that. Rob just gave me a look like no, I can't I didn't miss I'm... it. I just Yeah. I completely missed that actually. I oh, saw yeah. it and just deleted it from my brain. Fair. <laughs> like, nope. Good. Good. Good, good, good. Uh Danielle Riando. They're not playing fair and fucking square. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> it's also about subterfuge, actually. That's just <laughs> the purge uh, election year is. Well, subterfuge is the purge. Like that. Like, yeah. uh-huh. oh yeah. my god, it is. It is. We, we have can't, to. Like, we can't go here. We cannot go yeah. here. We have other important breaking news. Yeah. Patrick, so uh, put an image to in supplement, this chat. 
to supplement the discourse, uh, we're about to, before we get to the purge, we need to purge some thoughts about just because I have to. It's like it, we brought it up. I pasted an image in the chat. This is going to be very old news by the time this comes out, but then it'll be fresh because you know people will be ready for it. You know, three weeks later, right? There's a photo we of Justin it. Bieber eating a burrito, and uh, it improperly. The, the it photo, is disturbing. There's a lot of ways we could. He's in a park. And he yeah. has it in two hands, which you know sometimes you got a two hand burrito. You two hands. It's sometimes. a wheelie. Sometimes, like you got, uh, depending on how you do that first bite, you know, part of it's flapping. You got to make sure you keep the rice and the beans and whatever else you've gotten in there. Uh, but he has it. He's cradling it like a child, like a small baby. Hands then, at each end. Yeah, hands on each end, and like all fingers surrounding this burrito, as though like it's going to slip out of his fingers, and then biting into the center. The just the the right of the center of the burrito. And it's it's a disturbing image. Ugh. It's an upsetting image. It's bad. It's, it's not how you should eat a burrito. It's and fucked up, honestly. It's going to be so messy. It's going to be so messy. There's no respect here. He doesn't have a napkin. There's no plate No self-respect oh, and no respect for the actual sweatshirt. burrito. Yeah. Yeah, a big pink sweatshirt, which is just going to get covered immediately in all beans. All burrito. In all, all the burrito fixins, as it were, just everywhere. <laughs> That was a right? great comment in our chat saying, so messy. Anything about JB, TBH. True. True. Thank you, Kato. True. Thank it you, also Kato. looks like guac is already spilling out of that. So the only, the only thing... trying to flee. <laughs> Get me out of here. This was made by the high schoolers in your town. <laughs> That's well, a messy yes. burrito. That's a uh, not Yeah, before a we started recording, I was explaining my, my plight of living in the suburbs where... Uh, we have decent Mexican food, but uh, the burrito situation is dire. And I resigned myself to re-embracing Chipotle by necessity. But my the quality of my Chipotle burritos are now highly contingent on the emotional status of the teenagers that uh, are working at that like Chipotle. Because you see the same ones, and like I've seen them make a good burrito, and like yeah. they just did not give a shit. Yep. Hold on. I had a bad day. Had a bad day I have in algebra an em- class. Important update about Please. this photo that I just yes. noticed. A very important detail is the bracelet he is wearing. Yeah. Uh huh. Is what's popping a, off on the If bracelet? it is, if it is what I think it is, it is a Mexican saint bracelet. Oh, oh I God. see. Where I see it's saying. like the the you buy them and they they have like each of the yep. saints or sometimes they have like each of the Virgin Marys around uh-huh. it. It's I've only. Seen, I've seen it in Guatemala too. It's like a Latin American thing, uh-huh. which makes this photo. Gonna, I th- it looks exactly. I mean, he like was one. on that song last year that was popular. So like, Justin could do whatever he wants now. That is how it works. I'm gonna post uh, an image of these in the chat. You can see. Yeah, that's that's what this is for sure. Oh, wow. That is 100 percent what this is. So I think this is just awkward timing. I think he's sitting there on the bench yep. and he's like, "I need to have a Dylan-esque folk phase." <laughs> and he's trying out the harmonica thing with the burrito. With the, like, I he's like, "This is my prop. The burrito's just a prop. He's not eating he's it. Not he's eating playing it. it. Mm-hmm. He's playing it. He's biting a little. Blowing hard. gently upon the burrito. How how many roads must a Bieber walk down? Saint Bieber, yeah. please. We call yeah. him Saint Bieber now. Zombie <laughs> <laughs> <Son> bear. <sighs> <sighs> All right. Well, now I'm just it's because we're recording this at lunchtime. I just yeah, I just a want a burrito. We Me fucked too. up. I'm definitely ordering Mexican I don't think I'm, after this. I don't, I don't I think love I have to... a burrito in my future, but I, I'm only thinking about it for tonight. 
I love to, uh, to to look at burritos without having eaten lunch and then talk about a bad movie. That's what I love to yep. do. <laughs> Maybe they. You I know. might be. I might be the outlier here. Okay. Okay. That's good. I, that's exciting. I'm not saying it's a good movie, but no. I think there are actually some good things in this movie. Totally. Sure. Totally with you. All right. Uh, all right. So hmm. forewarned, as with all the previous films, uh, and you know this uh, <laughs> this podcast uh, in general, like we're just gonna spoil things, you know, up front. So hopefully you've seen it. If not. You'll be fine. Um, so the Purge election year takes place, it's not like hyper-specific, but it seems it's at least 18 years after uh, purging has started. The essential figure is this woman uh, named Charlie, who uh, her life was defined by a moment early in the Purge cycle where her entire family was murdered in front of her. She has then worked her way into politics and is running on a platform to end the Purge. She is the main candidate uh, to uh, against like the new founding fathers, like the political parties and how they work is not like super well explained in the world building of uh, the purge. But uh, her her platform is basically you know end the the purge. It's profiting the elites and you know guns manufacturers and the NRA and and it's at the expense of eradicating dehumanizing uh, the poor. Blah blah blah. You know, sort of like the, she's taking one of the political through lines and like that's her political platform. She you know, is running very close in the polls, you know, from what we are, are, the information we're given, she's like one point behind, so within the margin of error. Um, and that's like got the new founding fathers, you know, really riled up and upset. Uh, room full of white people, just really aggravated. Um, and so they've, they're conspiring to take her out during the upcoming purge and by uh, dismantling or, or removing one of the sort of uh, core tenets of the purge, uh, which is that like certain government figures are uh, well protected status <coughs> level ten uh, and, and above. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like the last movie, uh, sort of like this is then framed around uh, uh, a healthy number of like sort of characters who are are people of color. And then the election year, where you open on sort of like a small store, which like I guess what a bodega is technically only in New York, right? Uh, is that that's, that's he calls right. it a deli, I think. Uh, the guy who it's a corner it. store. It's a bodega. corner. It's a corner, corner store. store with you know, a deli. They got like a limited grocery selection. You could probably get some liquor there. Like a little bit of everything. It's the kind of place yeah. where you, a lot of like regulars are coming in and out of. It's like a small mom and pop place where you would, if you were going in yeah. there in the morning, you'd be seeing a lot of the same people hanging out reading the newspaper. And so, um, it's less cramped than most bodegas I I frequent. Is what I will say. It's it's a kind of a spacious place. There's yeah. enough room. For there to be like a, I guess some bodegas I've been to have like a table and chair set up yeah. for the hot the hot stuff, but yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. a nice place. It's a nice place. Like it's and genuinely. It's DC. We should probably say this. Yes, as well. this yeah, is, is definitely DC. DC. This takes place in a specific place. So. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, and the last uh, the you know the previous film took uh, place in Los Angeles. Um, do we know where the first one took place? A suburb. A suburb. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and so the 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 owner. Uh, he gets a call, you know, being told that his purge insurance is, you know, getting yanked away unless he pays up. Um, there's like a lot of, you know, chatter in the in the uh, in the corner store about like people's different political affiliations, how they feel about whether they can be saved by this woman who's sanctioned yeah. and the purge. Um, there's sort of a, a protege, like a sort of pseudo son character for the owner, um, who decides that they're gonna, he's gonna back up the owner, and they're gonna kind of wait out the purge and defend the place um, from anyone who tries to, I guess, sort of ransack it for for provisions. Um, and also in the store is a woman who has a mysterious past, um, <laughs> uh, where it's like implied that she's like some sort of badass that was used to be sort of, you know, respected in the streets for 
reasons that are alluded to, but not necessarily like fully uh, fleshed out. Um, and these days, the and, little death is that what she's yes. called? Yeah, right? she's the little death. And I'm starting to wonder as I get to my last little uh, a point about this is like maybe the reason Danielle likes this movie is because well what she does during the purge is be on an ambulance trying to help out victims and get them to trauma units. Exactly. So, uh, so and she's kind of good at fighting. And she's, she's good at fighting. She's very good, good at fighting. fighting. And yeah, yeah. she's like an amazing EMT rescue person. Like how yeah. could I not? You know. She's great. Anyway. So I guess let's, let's because I feel like uh, uh, a lot of us had and I get a response like Danielle like I want to throw it to you I'm like. We, like pick up that thread like what was your takeaway from the film that I think maybe we all agree like is a pretty steep drop off in quality like the, the it's a steep drop from one to two to three um but what did what, what was your takeaway what did what would you what did you find interesting about it that uh that you found worth it yeah a lot of it for me is just identifying with that character and really sort of loving her I actually felt like a genuine swell of pride for this character yeah. and not only is she like a person who loves her community, cares about her community, spends time, like, being a person in her community, joking and laughing, and, like, she's she's there with people. She's not, like, some Christ-like figure or something like that. Um, she is there to both fight and to rescue people. She is 100% there for sort of both sides of that. And I felt, like, this swell of pride when they go to, like, a sort of hospital area. They call it, like, a safe zone or a triage zone where... Doctor, the specific line is: We've got doctors, we've got nurses, we've got EMTs, we've got paramedics. This is how they protest this horrible night. Like, I'm sorry, I might, they might not say horrible, but like, mm-hmm. paraphrasing. It's yeah. so like I genuinely felt like, oh, this is what I would want to do. And I, I feel like I said that in a previous episode, like, oh, where would you be during purge night? And it was like, yeah, man. <laughs> like, look, there's people being real people. It's that old fucking. Mr. Rogers quote about when something horrible is happening, like look to the helpers, the helpers will give you mm-hmm, comfort. Mm-hmm. And like, that's a hundred percent where my brain went. Uh, so I loved this character and I genuinely loved that little crew of characters. So like I identified so much with Lainey and like, you know, obviously not like personally, I'm not a person of color, but like, I really liked what she was there for. I liked what she was doing. I really, really loved her. And I liked that crew. I liked Joe. I liked Marcos. He's the sort of, um, uh, the, the dude who works for Joe's Deli. Um, I liked their old friend who talked about really loving pussy and waffles. Like, God, there was just like a... That fucking quote. I, I oh. know, I know. And it came it's back. It's cheesy. It's no, yeah, there was a callback. I, I, I like so relate to all of this, Danielle, in that like... <laughs> the identification of... Like this is the... F- okay, so first movie has like this throwaway black character in it that shows that the filmmakers are vaguely interested in some sort of racial <laughs> politics. Right. Um, second film has characters of color, women of color at a forefront, but still has the sort of like audience analog, white audience analog characters as like the drawing and all the Here's marketing. Who you're supposed to identify yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These right, are you. Right. Here, the, the people of color will surround you, but yeah, this yeah, is yeah. you. Uh, this still has that with Leo, obviously, but yes. like yes. I'm so with you, Danielle, in that opening, spending so much time setting up uh, uh, Joe's spot, right? Joe's Joe's grocery. And focusing on characters like like Joe and uh, and Marcos and Little Death. I forget what her what her Lainey. Lainey is yeah. her last name, right? Yeah. Um, or they are like that, yeah. I know all of these people. Yeah. I know the dude in the bodega who says he only cares about pussy and waffles. Irish I, I. Huh? <laughs> Irish I. Yeah, Irish I. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Great that name. His name. Great yep. name. Fuck. Um, I know Joe, right? Like, there's a reason why this is the first time I I could. Ima- I wish I could have seen this movie in a black movie theater 
on opening night because we would have loved it. We would have had a great fucking time. <laughs> it would not have been a good movie, but I would have had an incredible <laughs> right. time when Joe is like, these are our white people because yeah. we say that. Like that is a there's truth in that representation, even if it also is like eye rolly and sometimes feels tokenistic. Um, it it is it was it's also a great example of early on the sort of like when you have six characters of color on screen, one of them can be terrible, and it doesn't feel like you're writing you're writing a stereotype because when it is a community of color taking care of itself and dealing with internal threats, like the bitchy teen who is still a problem for other reasons. Yes. Isn't as much of a problem as the version of this story where this is a white grocery and there is like a couple of black kids here causing havoc. That's a nightmare Mm -hmm. compared to this. Yeah. I, I think so. One of the things I was saying, like going into this movie, to me, this entire movie feels like events have overtaken The Purge, and The Purge is now much less of a far-out satire than it was initially conceived of being, right? Like, this is a movie being, like, fu- like finishing production against the backdrop of Trump's candidacy uh, in the Republican primary. Uh, the movie itself is coming out in the year of uh, Clinton versus uh, Trump, and things that seemed pretty, like conceptual when the purge series began are starting to like become very literal and very real. Yeah. And this movie, I think begins to struggle with its sudden relevance. Like I think the movies had an easier time with it when this is all very speculative. And this was talking about like the nightmares beneath the floorboards of American discourse by two, like by 2016, by the election year, uh, those like, nightmares are starting to come up from beneath the floorboards and i think this movie is suddenly inhibited by that awareness and begins trying to be more literally analogous to what is happening in the world but the way it does that and this is where i begin to get uncomfortable even in these opening scenes is that to me it begins starting to play and i know we throw this word around a lot on this show uh, but there's a certain degree of like centrism and respectability I find in forming a lot of the yeah. scene yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes me deeply uncomfortable. Now, this movie features like I love McKelty Williamson, uh, just like loved him on uh, Boomtown, loved him on Justified. Uh, but I feel like his performance is definitely being used to paper over some awkwardness in the way the script is even written. Mm-hmm. Uh, McKelty like, is sh- Leo. Wait, who's uh, he's Joe. Joe. Uh, oh, Joe. He's, he's the Joe. guy who owns yeah. a deli. Oh, okay. But the what I see here is that it does establish sort of the, uh, you know, the shooting the shit vibe of a neighborhood place, a corner store. But the other thing I see is sort yeah. of a uh, a property owner of color, a small businessman. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who's holding together the community. And these teenagers of color are completely feral they're terrifying they have no respect and that is such a familiar framing that even in that opening scene to me it smacks a little bit of we must draw a line between people who are virtuous and are minorities but they are virtuous and then the terrifying super predators that like are roaming have, the streets literally. Yeah, and yep. that's when the like the Clintonian politics of this movie, which I think are shot through it, 100%. really begin to make themselves felt. <laughs> the 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 follow on to that, two things really quick. One is that that's also true with Marcos's character. 
He's a citizen. Yes. It's they establish that he's like, I got here eight years ago. I came from nothing. I've been in Juarez every day. In Juarez is, a, is the purge, and it's there's a version of that that is is thoughtful and subtle. That is a reminder that there are people in in the world who go through hard, who live through horrible conditions, and that kind of shake the American cent- the, the the kind of uh, I guess I guess not just American centrism in the political sense, but in the the kind of centering of the American experience sense that is that works. Being like, I come from Juarez, where every day is the purge, is not that. Uh, and then insisting on his citizenship as is almost a quality of his of his radical change and be, his, his his arrival as a true American also is like, ugh, ugh. Um, the second he's the make, American dream. Right, exactly. He literally gonna, is. Yeah. I have 100%. that quote. Like, if I can read it super quick, there is yeah, yeah, a scene please. between Joe and Marcos, and he yep. says, coming from another country like you did, having your own business, the American dream is still alive. It's still alive, baby. Oh, Get out, that you know? Too. Pokemon go to the polls. Um, <laughs> oh. And so the, the, the other thing there, though, is to go back to your, your, your bit, Rob, on uh, the film struggling with its sudden relevance. One of the things, or the series of sudden relevance, one of the things that it does is that it ejects subtext entirely. And I don't mean simply that it pulls off a mask and reveals its true self. I mean that the previous films worked insofar as they worked because they were also working with subtext. And I don't even mean deep subtext. I just mean that there were stakes that existed beside the the core function of the plot, the core plot beats. In the first film, and I dragged it for this, you know, when we first did that first episode, but I also said, like, this is what it is. That was a film about the soul of the white family and especially the white father figure. And would the white father give in to the propaganda and, and ideology that turns that turns them into monsters, whether that is something about toxic masculinity or about, uh, you know, wealth and, and class warfare? Like, would would this white dad turn into a torturer because the rich people asked him to with this upwardly mobile middle-class white family break bad in the second film the the stakes are are about leo and whether or not leo will kill this dude and whether whether or not these brown women can save leo's heart Uh, and again (laughs) not necessarily great but there is a subtext there that is the thing that you're paying attention to that is like the okay what is the what is the it's not even a b plot but it is the kind of like emotional core to the film here, the plot is the plot. The plot is, can these black and brown folks protect this white lady along with Leo, the Punisher? Can they get through the night? Um, there's a, they, they try to toss some stuff on. They try to toss on Joe's relationships with Leo and with Marcos. They try to toss on the question of whether or not Dante will pull the trigger on the, on the, the other politician, the minister, by the end. But that plot isn't given enough time to breathe, and Dante isn't a real character until the final act, and so he has no, and no room to characterize himself. And he's just a sad, yeah, it's super bad. It's just the fucking worst. Um, and then two, Joe is so easygoing with everybody that his relationships are never actually in doubt. Even when he and Leo are like butting heads, it feels like they're playing at butting heads the way mm-hmm. that men do. And so it's, it, there's no stake there. There's no, there's nothing underneath the surface. And so for me, that was like a, a, a big difference for in, in the watching of this movie was when I was watching the Purge one, when I was watching Purge Anarchy, there was so much for me to dissect and to see how it was building into some core central message. Though maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the core central message is this Clintonian, uh, this Clintonian uh, uh, kind of uh, America <laughs> is exceptional by the way, by the way in which it's kind of like uh, uh, 
as long as you follow the rules, you should be able to succeed no matter your color or creed. You know, you can, you too can be a small business. You too can come to Main Street and run a grocery store in Washington, D.C. Maybe that's the core thing, and I was just missing it while watching. But in contrast to those previous films, there just wasn't enough to dig into, and I, I found my, my attention swaying. Yeah, there's just such a blind trust in Charlie, like a blind trust in sort of the white lady who's going to win it for us and get us through um, to the other. There's no points of contention there. There's no sort of um, I mean, she's literally framed like in the first sort of scene when she like decides to go amongst the crowd and the camera like lights are from behind and she has like Mm -hmm. a halo literal (laughs) halo of light around her head from coming from the back she's like backlit or whatever and that's never that's never contended with or questioned and and uh everyone just immediately rallies behind her which is just yeah it is very sort of um i don't know i'm with her like Hillary Clinton-esque. Well, she doesn't like, explain, like, any of her, like, her, her, like, explanation of her ideology or, like, why she's pushing back on the purge or why it's not good for America. Like, it's so surface level and boring. And she, like, there It's are, like, there they're a, attacking brown people. They're attacking poor people is what she said. Right. And like, it, it, this it, it, is, it was just... Yeah. I was, I was expecting... Or there's a version of this movie that, like, digs into, like, there's a... There could be, like, a thematic through line in which, like, it plays with but never quite, like, pulls onto and keeps grabbing at the thread of, like... Oh, the way Democrats like co-op people of color into a coalition to win uh, elections, but never actually delivers on the promise of making their lives like meaningfully better. And it's like, wow, like there's a lot to like tug on in that degree. And the movie clearly has that idea playing around, like the way that like the resistance has, uh, you know, evolved in that they, you know, it's you know revealed that they are engaging in. I wouldn't call it dirty tactics. They're called you know, equal tactics. They're just playing on the same playing field as the new founding fathers. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the tension between, you know, this, uh, this potentially elected <laughs> official, well, I guess she's a senator, so she's an elected yeah. official, saying like, like you know, like, no, don't do that. Like, don't, you know, we got to, you know, do it the right way. We can't have blood on our hands. And like, there are, there are all these things that in isolation, you're like, oh, like I see where it's playing with like really complicated ideas that de- have to do with like, the Democratic Party. Like, there's a way to look at this movie mm-hmm. as, like, an, an indictment of the Democratic Party, but it never goes far enough. It never pulls in those ideas enough. It never makes a cohesive enough argument. And I think maybe this plays into this thing, Austin, that you brought up about, uh, and, or actually uh, that Rob brought up, too, about, like, where the, the, the real-world events, when it's catching up to its reality, it just it doesn't have the weight. It hasn't fully thought through those ideas. And I think part of, like... We praised the first movie in which, if you go back and look at the criticism of that movie when it came out, was that, gosh, it is really on the fucking nose. And in retrospect, it needed to be on the nose in which, like, making everything subtext wasn't enough. You actually had to make that text in a way to have it land. And that felt refreshing when viewed through the lens of 2018. But then, as it goes along, like, it just didn't, it didn't seem like it caught up to itself and the weight of the material it was working with combined with the weight of the material that was happening in real life. And it just starts losing those threads in a way that uh, there's a version of this movie that is really interesting in how it applies a a deep criticism to the Democratic Party um, and Hillary Clinton's like whole campaign, but one that it never, it doesn't stick the landing and actually doesn't seem super interested in doing. It just seems more like it's pulling an idea to give it weight without actually thinking through the consequences of what that idea even means. 
Yeah, it's it's very very much like plays with some really dangerous imagery that I actually thought was relatively well, completely unsubtle but smart. Like there is a a portion where they go into the murder tourism stuff where people from different countries are coming here to experience the purge. Importantly, it's a white South African uh, who like goes on the news talking about how how much he can't wait to kill people and and you know basically you know it's like a, a very unsubtle metaphor, obviously. And then there are Russians who wear. <laughs> You know, founding fathers garb, like ridiculous, yeah. you know, 4th of July bullshit and they're speaking Russian and it's like, okay, this is the most unsubtle, you know, Trump-Clinton comparison ever. And they're making it and it's obviously text and it's right there in front of them. But then they end the movie on this note of like, oh, she she won in a sweep. Like a much smarter movie makes her lose and makes the <laughs> right. founding fathers win. It makes the Trump figures win. It makes, you know, what actually happened happen. And this movie didn't didn't quite go there it's playing with fire it's playing with some of this imagery but it doesn't finish the sentence in any kind of coherent way well i i think that her pitch so this is where like there's a political angle to this movie in terms of like just sit like like the narrative is about the politics of purge world of the new founding father's version of america and uh charlie roan's pitch is as you said like predominantly hey the purge is cruel it's vicious it's classist and it doesn't go too far beyond that but fundamentally the pitch is to this idea that this is not who we are our that, better like, angels let's yeah, appeal to our better angels that's not a fucking argument no <laughs> genuinely her argument is this we are going to appeal to the centrists we are going to we are going to win over moderates who just maybe purge less and doesn't this make is, you feel uncomfortable? The and this is this is where the movie's like the movie is but the series is so dark and cynical about America. And then 2016, as it becomes reality, it's like Demonico <coughs> flinches from the vision mm. and is like, no, this isn't this can't be like can't really be. like at everyday people wouldn't stand for this. Well, this movie did and, come out in July, right? Like so like yeah. also right like before. you have to keep in mind uh, like the production of this film was probably late 2015. You know, comes out in the middle of July. Like, remember what most people the the, the rational thinking on like how that year was going to play out. It makes it doesn't make an excuse. You know, some of the things we're talking about. But it's interesting to think about like the framing in which this was written. Like probably around the time of like coming. This was shot in 2015. Right. But of course. Like three years earlier. The mm-hmm. movie absolutely knows the shit is out there in the, in the world. Right. That right. like this is on the wind, and then the minute it's real, the movie like throws its like rhetorical weight into this idea of, well, there's a there is a population of moderates who will find this horrific and will save the country from itself. The previous two movies are basically like this country cannot save itself from this shit. Like right. it like those moderates are not going to help you. The moderates are going to people be the people in the first movie. That's the point of the series. Well, no, but because the thing is, that series, that's the thing is, that first movie, I, I think I made this point in the first episode, fundamentally, it is cynical about politics. It is cynical about America as it stands, but it's deeply hopeful that people are inherently good. That, yeah. like, the entire premise of the, the plot of the purge as a thing the government uh, put into place is that it was a scam and that the science is bad. The science is actually false 
about us having all of this evil in us, this need to purge, and that the the wool has been has been pulled over our eyes so that the rich can profit. And this this film also is the first time that they've tried to kind of show what that means in terms of like insurance premiums and day gun after sales. cleanup services and gun sales, right? Like those are the specific. They, they finally start to say who is specifically profiting. Um, and and I actually I'm like glad we finally got that bit of world building. But if we go back to that first film, the 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 little kid, the bro- the little brother, the 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 youngest child is the character who is supposed to be the one who is like, oh, this is what pure humanity looks like. I don't have this in me. And so on a long enough timescale, I think the film believes genuinely that, oh, people are just good deep down and they can get past the, polit- the politics and the ideology, which again is the centrist position that like in a, in a place where there could be, if only we could have debates where we could walk out <laughs> into the audience and show them that we're real. If only we could just like talk about it a bunch people would come around. And I think that's actually totally in line with the the core ideology of the film. It's just that it also thinks that that there's a poisonous undercurrent in, in society and in the politics that could tempt people. Um, though even here, I think that it's, it's poorly used. Like, this is a film that has a neo-Nazi in it, but the neo-Nazi is the guy who is like, fuck it, we're only here to drop off the package, not to gift wrap it. And like, <laughs> yeah, no dog, the- you're a Nazi. Like... You don't get to be you, you don't you don't write that character and have him be kind of just utilitarian a check. and the yeah. work here. Just work I just work it's, here. It's, 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 it was weird that like, you know, very early they do like a very unsubtle camera motion over like a white power like mm-hmm. logo on their gear. And I kept thinking like, oh well, they're gonna keep pulling on that thread. Like even in uh the uh the sequence where there is a standoff between uh, 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 a set of uh, people, of co- uh, a, a black gang, mm-hmm. and these white power, uh, uh, like paramilitary figures. It's not like there's no element. There, there's no race element to it. It's just like they have a standoff. It's just like weird the way the movie is throwing things at the screen, and then it's like, oh, even if you're not going to be subtle about this, well, at least there's a thread you're pulling on. It's like no, like it's just there, and just it moves on to the next idea pretty quickly. Um, yeah, I, I was gonna say, uh, like, kind of the same thing, Austin, is just that it, it is so much about, like, saving the American heart and about saving, you know, making moral arguments, which is what feels, uh, very, like, I don't know, that, that people, that, and, and the real point is, is that the policy, like, the, the, the fact of the matter should be enough, like, it shouldn't be, I don't know, wait, God, yeah, I don't know, I, I feel like you yeah. said it, Austin. As, as, as an aside, uh, like, I just don't logistically understand how this world works, like, right, <laughs> so the New Founding Fathers, in some ways, it implied, like, they're this, like, totalitarian, fascistic regime and yet they respect election results mm-hmm. oh that's like, completely like, in line with yeah so, okay, that's the republican so, party well also they respect that they, yes they respect re- election results provided they win and provided they have a massive structural advantage in those elections but like most like most authoritarian regimes have elections uh it's just how many how many how many ways have you created to sort of goose the vote in your favor right what disincentives you created for people voting against you. Like, absolutely. I think it's it's kind of smart that, like, the way people like this are going to operate is they will allow you to keep the form of the familiar government. They will allow you to sure. keep the form of, like, representation. It will not exist in reality. And the point of this movie is when they feel like their rigged fucking election might go against them, their immediate, their immediate play 
is to stage a hit. Their immediate play is to let's get someone on the inside of her campaign turned against her. Well, no, the immediate play is that for years you just fix local elections so that those election results look the way you want them to. Let her run. She just gets 12% of the vote. And that's like, I, that's, that's, def- I'm not, I'm not bringing real world logic into this fucking movie where there is a purge insurance industry. I, 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 I'm not trying to, to apply that, but, but what I would have loved to have seen was set up of like, well, had people tried to run before? And what happened to them? Did they get killed right. or did they just fail? Did, could they not get the political capital? I, I love the idea of this character who's like, I'm going to, like, there are enough real people, regular people who are hurt by the purge who want to support me. It's been 18 years. It's been two yes, decades. It's been two almost, decades least, of the purge. And it's, this isn't, there's no world where, like, this isn't, like, a, a new idea, right? Like, someone right. just didn't, like, go, shit, you know what I need to do if you're is run on in... against the purge and then, like, right. I'll get 48% of the vote. Uh, if this is, if you live in this world and you're 18, this is your first election and you've only ever known the purge, right? Get out that youth vote. Like, it's going to happen, <laughs> right? But but that's never said in vote this Vote or movie. die. Vote or die, right? Exactly. That's a Diddy's out there trying. Diddy, who I guess is seventy in this movie, is yeah. out there trying to make it happen. Um, but we don't see that. We don't see like, is there a party she's attached to? They they kind of call her a wild card candidate. Like, is there a is there a well, she's party? She's a Democrat. That's... It's blue and red at the end of the movie. Yeah, but like, it, is the Democrat? But they're not. Party... They're also not Republicans. They're the new founding fathers. Yeah, so they're... it's like, who is this? Like, there is. Stuff I feel like, like that it's a like... pretty. No, no, of course it is. Of course that is, but it's not because the. But their ideologies must have changed as a fundamental result of like the political realignment that the purge creates. So it's like yes, they're running against in the primaries, right? Right. Like, what's the rest of the makeup of that party? Is it a socialist party? Are they winning local elections? Does yo? This is why we're watching that fucking TV show. (laughs) Like these questions. So no. So apparently the purgeverse. The 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 the, perverse. We are not. I am calling it. We are not. We are not watching the TV show because apparently the TV show does not do what you would you are hoping it would do, Rob, which is like get into the world. It's just like a long version of one of these movies. Oh, like okay. it doesn't do like flash forwards and flashbacks and like tying mm. together world building and like people's lives. It's just like more of this in a way that is not particularly satisfying. Can I? Yes, like there's a, what if this movie with like election year was like, oh, actually we're going to do like a, a pull out. Like, yes, like with the, the thread we're following is this particular candidate. But if there was like jumping around the timeline, like ways of like filling in like the political history and the 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 way like there are, ah, I guess that's what or, always so frustrating about these movies is like there's there are a lot of threads that I'd love to pull on that it just doesn't. Or uh, if it was not only I so when they first showed Joe's for some reason I was like oh you know what it was because Marcos was like Florida is the key and I was like oh damn is this are they in Florida are we just gonna get two parallel stories. Of Leo right. and and uh, and Roan and presumably Dante because I knew he was in the movie and was associated. And then also this little corner store in Miami where <coughs> they end up stopping voter suppression or something, you know, whatever the fuck it is. Right. Like, I is there is there some sort of like little picture, big picture? Like no, it isn't. That's not the movie they're making, and that's fine. Like I, it's fine for it to not be that version of it. But I there there are there are ways in which. There are times when trying to spend that attention to detail will help your the core metaphors that you're trying to make become clearer for the audience. And this is a movie where that would have really helped given that the stuff that's at stake or the stuff that, that, that they want the audience to think about <clears throat> is so unclear and it reduces down into this really kind of boring centrism. Like 
of course you're going to vote Democratic if the if the Republican Party is literally trying to initiate the purge. <laughs> um, and so there is there is value in trying to like work through some of the things that this, the movie tries to set up briefly around politicians not helping actually impoverished communities or actually marginalized populations, but they don't ever dig into that stuff. And so if you could have set Charlie Roan as someone who was like, this party has not done enough for you people. This party, you know, when I was a kid, I thought that they <coughs> they would save us, and they some all they kind ever of did was push for some Because you set up the argument, but don't don't engage with it. Like that's what makes those. Because it's not like they just do it once; they do it multiple yeah. times. In which black characters tell this white politician, "Like fuck you," like done with those promises. Like Joe actually outright says that multiple times. Like I'm tired of hearing the promises. Like I I have no faith in this system. Like because the system failed me. Um, but it but it never like makes a good on that. I mean, part part of what actually makes like that whole section of the movie where they're like uh, arguing over tactics and like whether they should you know you know engage in killing and like tracking down these rich folks and just fucking them over. Like it certainly feels newly relevant in the you know discussions we're having these days about like whether we should be going into restaurants and like yelling at Mitch McConnell and Ted Cruz in which like oh you know. Th- that's a step too far is making those people feel uncomfortable. Like if we make their Charlie real lives Charlie says, when they go low, we go high. Ugh. Right? That feels very Obama too, though, in a lot of ways. Right? I mean, like, that specific quote was was Clinton, but, but no, yeah. No, no, I know. I just, yes. I'm, she's yeah, obviously totally. a Clinton figure. Like yeah, there's no way she yeah. isn't in any, in any way. But that was Obama's biggest pitch for his entire presidency was the higher road and reaching across the aisle and, and so on and so on and so forth. Like it's, it does feel like it's a, an indictment, not an indictment. I don't want to say that because this this movie does not have that strong of a thesis. But right. I want to read it in such a way that it is it is not only Clinton, but but Obama and like really every kind of centrist Democrat in the last ten years or so. But a bit based on like you know Austin's positioning, and I, I agree with it, is that actually this movie is taking the Obama like position and yeah. saying like no 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 like if we just if if. We can win the day on the argument on the merits. Right. Like these people can be reasoned with, and it's like when you are starting at the twenty yard line, you're just going to move back to the fifteen as opposed to pushing down the field. Yeah. Well, right. it's the like this is the thing that really frustrates me about this movie is once once it unites its various threads and uh, gets the so. I did like the sequence, the early part of the movie where it's setting up uh, the whole like getting ready to protect the senator, right? And they're just like barricading that fortress. And you're like, how's this going to go wrong? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's treachery from the inside. Meanwhile, can uh, I also just say really quick? She was like, I don't want to look like a rich asshole yeah, in a in uh-huh. a lockdown, whatever, <laughs> and then stays in her multi-million dollar home. Can I just say that real fast? Okay. Her thank beautiful you. Yeah. Georgetown townhouse. Yeah. Uh, yep. So, yeah. And they're sort of holding down the store and all that. And eventually, like, both groups are sort of flushed out and they have to work together. They unite. They hook up. uh, They they begin to hook up with this resistance. But the moment that happens, they begin talking. They begin their sort of dialogue of uh, a battle of worldviews, one could say. Ah. Ah. Interesting. This is where this thing gets maximally Clintonian to me uh, and Obama-esque is that, yes, it is all these organized – like like community like communities and armed resistance that have been t- put together uh, by communities of color, uh, sort of in the absence of any sort of official protection throughout all of this, and those those that infrastructure is being used to quite literally like save the life and yeah. political viability 
of, uh, of Charlie Roan and her entire movement. And she can't stop fucking telling them what to do. Like, oh. she hears them. She, like, and that's the thing. This, this entire movie is very much like, I hear you. But, I understand you've yeah. been disappointed. Yeah, what is but her movement? It's her movement, like literally, like is kind of like shut up and let me handle this, and that's where it gets deeply uncomfortable. This whole notion of like, no, you're resisting the wrong way, and her argument is basically, if we violently oppose the new founding fathers, we'll lose those moderates. That's basically it, right? Yeah. That like, there's going right. to be the op-ed from I don't know, Purge Max Boot or whoever the fuck, and it's going to be like, <laughs> I was against the purge until the new founding fathers were attacked. And now I'm for it. Thanks, liberals. And like, and that's Charlie. And in in the the political reality of this uh, of this of this movie, uh, Charlie Roan is terrified of losing uh, David Brooks. Like, still right. to this day, is yeah. still like yeah. David Brooks is going to save us. People like David Brooks, those millions of people out ah, there, compassionate conservatives. Yeah, they're going to save us. We can't alienate them. So. This is cute, what you built here. Your your resistance, your community organizations, uh, all that stuff. And we'll make use of it. Like, it's useful God. to me today. But I need you to get back in line. Uh, yeah, she has no... Like, there there are no displays of her actual action. There are no displays of, like... Like, this was already said, but, like, her her critiques are super superficial. They're, like, you know... Like I said, they are attacking poor people or this is systemic or this is like these big kind of like grab grabby words. She read a like Wikipedia buzz- page about the purge. Exactly. And, and, and the thing is, Carmelo. You hear about this shit? Yeah. <laughs> it seems bad out there. Yeah. In comparison to Carmelo, who, what happened to Carmelo? Yeah. What, what did happen died? to Carmelo? They set what off, ha- they set off, uh, like there was a line in the movie where he was in a, it was part of a television bit. Like he's like, oh, he was in a shootout okay. and was killed. Carmelo couldn't afford him. Carmelo was yeah. like a leader who was like, you know, when they were showcasing him, his character development was about specific action, was about specific, right. like very specific, uh, 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 <coughs> problems that are like tar- like he was introducing all that sort of stuff, and then all this language gets co opted by Charlie, yeah. without anything to. And there's just no, there's no, like, you don't see, like, Charlie, like, there was a Roan sticker on the, on the uh, bodega or the corner store or whatever, but there's no, like, displays of Charlie's action or, like, What was she doing as a senator? What was she doing? Was she making things in her district better for people who, like, what was she doing actually? What bills did she support? Because there are ways to fight the purge without stopping the purge, right? I mean, she was fighting with the drones. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. That's fair. uh, Oh my I mean, god! I, like literally, like oh, je- like the second movie is like fuck you, fuck your money. Yeah. And Charlie, I feel like is a character who would swoop in there and be like, "Hey, nobody's saying they didn't earn this." Yeah. Nobody's <laughs> saying like yeah. that is how they how worked this hard feels. for that money. Ha-ha. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, super. It's still a lot of blood that wasn't theirs. Yeah. Well, so that's the. There's such a big distinction to me between two and and three here, and that in three, the the big message that Charlie wants to put forward to Dante is like, hey. If you kill them, you're just as bad as them. If we do this, we're just, we're purging too. And two firmly understood that you could kill people without purging. What the resistance movement in in anarchy was doing was not purging. Yeah. Uh, and there's even that moment where the the woman uh, who's lost her boyfriend is like, I want to purge. And the film frames that in such a way that it's clear that she has like, that's not, 
no one else there is, is that. Everyone else there is like, I want to kill rich folk. And yeah. she wants to purge because she's this like middle class white woman who only understand, who's come to understand violence in terms of purging versus bad violence. And so in this yeah. moment, yeah, I'll let her purge with us. Let her think she's purging. She's useful. Like, she's, she's a useful. tool. Whereas here, she can point a gun. I, Charlie Rowan would be like, no, put the gun down. Don't shoot them. And that's, it's like, it feels like it's missed, it's lost. Give them, a, its heart. Give them a Pepsi. Char- <laughs> Charlie <laughs> Rowan will defund Acorn in a heartbeat. Like, she will do oh, it like, yes. day two. A hundred percent. Well, yeah, because you got to give up a little bit to get a little, Rob. Yeah. I mean, that's just how politics works. And, I mean, that's the, like, I don't, like, we. I know we tend to belabor these things, but, like, this is, this is a very effective, like, this is a movie that superficially looks like hopeful and inspiring but if you dig into it those like the exchanges you see between these characters really are echoing a lot of dynamics that have defined like center-left politics like throughout our lifetimes and and that's often people that feel like they're doing the right right like i think if you were to like ask i don't know for sure but if you were to ask the screenwriter you know demonico like if you like this, like a like a leftist, more progressive film, like you have progressive politics, like he would probably say it's like because I think there's a lot yeah. of people that actually believe in this stuff that are well-meaning people, but have lived within a framing, within a context of how policy is supposed to operate, in which it is disingenuous, not because they are trying to be like like purposely uh, ignorant, but they that's just the framing they've grown up in, and so I think the, re- the you can read this movie or you can write this movie and think you're saying something different than what you're actually saying because so many people like myself, like I grew up in like the nineties was like, you know, by, uh, you know, going into my teens, like my whole framing of politics. And a lot of people is Clintonian and Obama and Obama. And that's not a four, uh, uh, <laughs> but like is, is like a certain like pragmatist centrist, like, framing in which like if that's what we've been told by all the elites all the people who are supposed to tell you how politics works like of course you're going to settle that way because why would you have been told otherwise like that requires a lot of like personal digging finding out uh, different ways of framing politics and how to engage with it and for a lot of people because politics is something they think about every four years it's like understand i mean i'm not trying to excuse that frame of mind i'm just trying to uh, see how you arrive at a film that has very mixed like there are a lot of people that in the trump era are projecting left if even though in their like their actual politics probably hasn't shifted as far left as their rhetoric has yeah um this is a different thread so if you guys have a uh i think that's it for me on this one (laughs) i'm gonna leave i'm just gonna go uh no i'm not go get a burrito god i wish (laughs) Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Natalie, go ahead. So I think the, the, the last thing that I wanted to 
kind of touch on is the like people of co- like the the notion of people of color against people of color like black on black crime in the scene which um they're like in the ambulance like waiting out the the helicopter and mm-hmm. they they specifically introduced the sort of like ambulance situation as not touched by like specifically there's like an unwritten rule where like triage is not yeah. you know targeted um except for sometimes but what was so weird to me is when that when the crips are approaching the like gang or whatever who are identified by the crips as the crips because the uh joe who joe used to be a first crip. of all joe, joe laney and marcos the three main oh, like yeah. people of color all have mysterious like perhaps violent past oh yeah which is or actually but explicitly they got better, violent past you know they which, just they learned how to become politics. part of society yeah. anyway so when oh. when the when the gang is approaching they have a guy you can see a guy like slung over their shoulder like clearly yeah. injured and they're like like tap i mean not tapping they're like bashing on the van and it is so obvious that they're looking for help and isn't joe who was the one looking at them to begin with was joe the one looking for at them joe was the one uh i think it was joe i want to say it was joe that was like we have we have to move we gotta move they're gonna they're gonna move us exactly and like it that was just such a weird moment for me and that the only reason why like violence wasn't enacted there was because joe was a part of this specific gang and it is not that like if laney a member of the community that would probably be known by this like group of people because they are in the community and like this triage van that's been going around all night like laney picked up a kid that like a gang kid that night, she and then was lectured in the him van. about his lack of right. political Knew, awareness. That did happen. <laughs> Literally happened. It was. Don't just, you it, watch CNN? <laughs> she didn't uh, say that. You're embarrassing us in front of the senator. Rondo, I think it was, was his name. Yeah, it was just that was just such a weird thread for me, and that also like was brought up with the with the like uh, dissenting teens or whatever, and just the way like how long that sequence was of them like arriving to the the bodega or the corner store or whatever of just like just like it was on them for so that long, just felt just creatively like exhausted to me though like that that whole sequence with the car and the fairy lights mm-hmm. and them getting out in their fucking prom dresses and the scene goes on for like ever like they're dancing for like five minutes and it's all just it like, like they're padding out the screen oh, time yeah. which oh, is like yeah. slow that shit down but, we got to get this movie to an hour and a half also it's like, like Sorry, just but the way it just feels like this is the purge, and like you put on your fancy masks and shit, and like it's a weird clash of like violence and fanciness, and like this is our brand now. We, we just look, you need to see the fucking prom dresses and blood, okay? You happy now? It was like it was like affording that same sense of entitlement from the first kids from the first uh 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 purge movie where like all the like the rich young white kids. It was giving the 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 like group of 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 um of uh teens in this movie the same like sense of entitlement and like showing up with like the decked out car right. and like the decked out guns like with rhinestones on like, I don't know where they got that shit. Where the fuck did you get that shit? Oh, I guess that they was killed my... their parents but still no. It no. was just it was so Where'd you get that chainsaw? It was so Good just question. like out of place to me and What are you running this I don't know. Lights on? 
Yeah, Same also, good question. Yeah. I guess they probably hit a Home Depot first. Yeah, you know, like that's, that's what it was. Back. Yeah. yeah. That that's the chainsaw, the lights, yeah. Here's, uh, like, spinning off of that briefly, like, one of the things that that gets to is that the concept here is really potent for a lot of reasons. There's a lot you can work with inside of it. But there is always this risk that you untether it from the core, whatever that core question is, and that when you do that, you open it up to be just, like, a fucking minefield. Because that's what I feel like happens here, right? It's like, oh, we have a good idea. It's like, what if they're, like, teens, and they are, like, in, like, Catholic school uniforms, they're very provocative, and they try to steal candy, and then they're like, we're going to get my candy bar. That's a fucking hilarious scene. We should do that. And, like, you're not thinking through any of that stuff. I think that goes even further when you... So one of the big responses. So I read I some I think Cato linked a, a review of the next uh, the next Purge movie, the first Purge, <laughs> the Purge, <laughs> the Purge mm. one. Uh, if it was a video game console, it'd be called the Purge, the Purge one. Box one, the Purge uh-huh. Box one. Yeah. Um, and in the response in that piece, and then also in the response to that piece, and then also I've seen this elsewhere. Is this like through line from commenters who are like. Why couldn't they just do a heist film? There's all this potential. Why, do the, why is it always about violence? Why is it always about killing people and not about like, oh, any crime is legal. Why don't we just do a robbery that night? And there is something – and, and to, to, the, to the fact, in fact – or to the point, in fact, that there is someone who worked on the Perch TV show who said, yeah, we considered doing a heist like movie, um, which I don't think that they should do. And That's the not- reason – one, it's not the point. But yeah. two, at that point – you, it feels like it's going to lean so far into libertarian power fantasy of like, yeah. ah, yeah, you could do anything. What if there were no laws and you could just – There was no state. Just do what you just want. Just do what you Here's- want. And, and without it being grounded in the – like there's a version of that I guess where it's it's Robin Hood, right? But I think even that version of it ends up removing itself from what makes the the purge potent to begin with, which is that the people at the bottom are who are going to get fucked over already. Rob, what are you going to... I was just going to say, I think the, the version of like the Purge heist movie that works is it opens on the heist. And the rest of right, it is, right. oh, no, 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 property rights, they hold through the night of the Purge. Like, they're yeah, coming yeah. for you. Like, you thought this, you thought you'd get away with this? Yeah. No, 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 no. You actually stole, like, people who matter's money. Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. we're, like, that, I think, like, could, could work. Uh, it's, it's an idea, but it does miss the point of, like... It's about who is subjected to violence in this world. Yeah. And it's not – the minute you're like, here's what I would do on The Purge, you're kind of missing it, right? Like, what yeah. what cool crime would I get up to? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Saving lives. That is the crime you would get up to. Totally. God. I like the set dressing in the ambulance on that note. I will just briefly say that. The mise-en-scene was beautiful in that ambulance. It was all busted up, and it was like old bandages and old mm-hmm. first aid kits, and I mm-hmm. thought that was lovely and wonderful. Mm-hmm. And th- I, yeah. there's, a, there's a version of this movie that just follows them, right? Yeah. Like, and I would have loved like, that. Yeah, Because um, like the, part of the problem with this film, which is part of the problem with the last film, is just it's trying to act like a television show when it's a movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and carrying so many threads that it can't quite uh, – you know, fully give a realization to. And the way you do like short vignettes that can have like an arc to them is like through something that can be, uh, uh, that is your through line. And like the, the ambulance could have been that through line where what if instead of following uh, this politician and how she's being saved, what if you're just getting updates about that? Like maybe they bump into her at some point yeah. 
there's an encounter with her, but you're just getting like TV updates or radio updates that like are filling in like this larger context of the world, but um, you're generally just following. Because I think the thing we always respond to is like we like the world building, like we like that along the margins. It like informs our understanding of like what is happening in the moment. But at the end of the day, it's like we want to see what's happening to these people who are most affected. And I, a really strong film could have been just following them going around and the kinds of people like. What choice, like, how do they choose who to help? Like, when to intervene? Like, when to enact violence to create intervention? Mm-hmm. Like, there are just a lot of really interesting questions given those characters' backgrounds, where their violent background could have been useful in the context of exploring how you choose or do not choose to, uh, you know, engage with a world that is having all sorts of outright violence, but that there's unsaid, like, the unsaid rules is an interesting idea, but it yeah. just doesn't go anywhere because we don't actually get. It expanded upon in a way that feels like particularly thoughtful. Yeah. So the um, yeah the it's funny you bring up the TV thing. There was a point last night where I messaged in our group chat that was like, if anyone's still watching this, here's my tip to getting some enjoyment <laughs> yeah. out of this. Yeah. Pretend uh-huh. you turned on USA or Showtime or CBS at 11 p.m. and it was the, the TV m- show was on USA, I believe. Okay, so. well, yeah. Pretend it's that, and you've turned it on, and you're halfway through the seat, and it's just. Here's two episodes back to back, halfway through a season. Pretend that the character development happened elsewhere. Pretend that, like, lower your expectations to this is a USA original TV show. Get the enjoyment you can out of that. That's not a bad thing. That's not a, a it's a judgment on them, but it's it's okay to have junk food um, mm. now and then, uh, you know. And so, like, go for it, enjoy. Uh, but but without that, like, it does. It just it's it's spread so thin, and it's it's there's a lot that are just not that just doesn't work. I don't know. I do, I do. I guess my last positive point here is sure, and this kind of goes back to something we were talking about before that I, I kind of sidelined um, was that thinking about the movement, the community center, the the secret base. I really appreciate seeing that space as being something that was like community driven. I would have hated if that was like, and then Charlie Roan turns is like, and I funded them. It was me <laughs> who set this up. Um, I guess the counter to that is the idea that there's moments where they're like, we're doing this for you, Charlie. We, we're just, we're the yeah. secret Charlie Rowe number one stands. And I would have <laughs> loved to have seen them been like, no, we don't, even if you win, we don't think this is changing. Like, so we have to do what we can do to protect people. And those are the best, the, the best mo- moments throughout the movie for me were the moments of this community taking care of each other, taking care of the people who are hurt inside of it. You know, I... I look at stuff like the crip scene or the gang member in the back of the EMT or in the back of the ambulance scene and like those aren't good. Those aren't great sequences. But they're preferable to versions that are like and then the gangbangers came through and they, they don't respect the triage unit. They don't respect anybody. Yeah. Or the right. moment where it's where like the the gang kid in the back is just like cursing at everybody and is like you know, it, it still falls into that terrible respectability politics shit, but there are mm-hmm. two types of, there are multiple types of respectability politics. There are an endless amount of respectability politics out there. One version of it says you're you're immediately too far gone, um, and that type of respectability politics is actually too far gone for me. I won't engage with it. I won't try to convince those people to, to like, all right, I'll slow down, let's have a conversation. Like, no, nah, you're wrong about that. But there is a respectability politics that I see inside of the black community, inside of my own family, that is often like it comes from a from a place of pain. It comes from a place of having respectability politics comes from having to have had been respectable to live. Uh, it comes from 
changing the tone of your voice when you get pulled over by the cop or when you're being hassled at a store or when someone is in an elevator with you and gets very anxious. Um, I live that life. Like, it happens a lot. I work in an office where people call me articulate. Like, it, it happens constantly. And, and, it, it, and you, you, you build it. And so it's a, it's a survival instinct. And so when I hear Joe, the, the style of, of Joe's respectability politics, that still feels to me like an honest, painful respectability politics. Whereas when I hear, like, the people on on the new when i hear hillary clinton's respectability politics when i hear the democratic party's respectability politics when i hear barack obama's respectability politics it often moves into that second category that is like and at some point you stop being redeemable because you didn't try and that is i have no room for that and this film thankfully doesn't fall all the way to that right um that doesn't give it a trophy, right? But I, I, it's, it speaks again to that feeling of identity, right? Of being like, okay, I know Joe because my uncle is like Joe, you know, or my, you know, my cousins are like, like that, 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 that still feels real and grounded, and the character doesn't just feel like a stand-in. I just also wish there had given voice to more voice to characters like Dante, who clearly know better and who are clearly ready to take the action they know is necessary. Um, and and even if even if it still falls in Joe's favor in the end, at least you would have given the space for Dante. You know, it could have been the battle of worldviews, as Rob mentioned. You know, so yeah, that's yeah. I, w- I wish the all these all all three films center on like what is the white person going yeah. to do, and like it's you know I guess kudos to the film in a certain sense that it puts lots of people of color in like central character positions that are that you know make meaningful impacts and have an agency on the plot but still it's like the first movie is will the white dad go bad the second movie is can this white person save these people by by the end and 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 not and then also be saved by these other you know these people of color and the third movie is can this white savior politician put an end to the purge and certainly like white people and the power they 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 wield has an impact and at some point it becomes exhausting though that like they become the central conceit through all of these films where it's like there's so many stories you could tell and yet all of them still involve like what will the white person do mm-hmm. will they do the right thing and that just becomes exhausting by the third film i've not seen this is where i fell off after this one i have no idea i know that the next one the first purge uh exists but i i, don't, I never watched a trailer I, like I, I have no sense of like where the series goes um from here i'm you know I, I hope it doesn't do that again. My guess is it will because if it's done it for three, why not go for four? But mm-hmm. like that that's a that's a that's a bit like a narrative bit that I'm exhausted by at this point. Yeah. Totally. I, um real quick, I just want to uh-huh. also say that the one specific like the most repeated language in this film was like one specific slur, which was so strange and hasn't really appeared to my so knowledge, hasn't same. appeared in the past two films. And then in this film was said by like everybody yeah. all the time, which was just so, that was probably like the most just bizarro part of this movie somehow. It was just in a bizarre movie. To get- it was just like this like out of place, like random homophobic slur that was just being tossed around by everyone in the marginalized community. But not only that, right? I think even the, even the Nazi the, dude. Yeah, the white guy the, said it. Yeah, yeah, which was just white so, guy. Yeah, yeah, that's what it, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
It was weird. I think that guy must have been watching a lot of uh, Deadwood where it gets tossed around a lot. And it was just the, the writer was just like, yeah, we got I got to work this in. Yeah. And, and like just the really uh, like belabored emphasis on like uh, calling each other. Not the big N word, but the smaller one. Oh yeah, right. uh, just a, lot of, the, a lot of Negro in this movie. Yeah, and or the, the intro of the movie where they got to use the C word to describe the senator like nine different times. Like, okay, I get it. Like, but again, this feel, like so to me, this feels a lot like Demonico's strengths as a screenwriter are in the polite stranger speech in the first movie, right? Stylized, like you know, mm-hmm. channeling something. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like how people talk. It feels like dialogue. It feels like almost like a, a, a speech you'd hear on a play. And the first yeah. movie has a lot of like set piece scenes where people like, ex, you know, exit left. Yeah. A lot of, yeah. A lot of exchanges yeah. like that here. It feels like, Oh damn, I really want to write a movie with a lot of black people. Uh-huh. How do <laughs> black people talk? Could, could, Click. How could let's, anyone know? Let's go to other movies. Like what are, what are some cool, like shows about gangs that, that are good about this? Uh-huh. I'm going to watch those oh. for inspiration. That's how this feels. And I think it's one of the other reasons that, like, again, it leans hard on its uh, cast members of color to try to, like, sell this stuff and make it sound, like, not disastrous. Mm-hmm. And, like, they pull it off. Like, it's tolerable, but it's not good. Yeah. Um, I'm so curious about two things. One, Assault on Precinct 13, the 2005 remake that DeMarco, or not DeMarco, DeMarco. Monaco uh, wrote. Oh, really? I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He 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 wrote that. He did not direct it. That's a Carpenter film that I have not seen. Actually. Oh, really? Um, we should watch. Well, I've always seen most of his. I've seen you know he switched so uh, heavily into horror, like right. outright horror, like after Halloween was the movie he made. After that, I just never got around to seeing. But I've heard that movie is terrific. Totally. Two, the first Purge is not directed by Demonico. It's written right. by Demonico, but it's directed by Jared McMurray, who is a black director. Um, and who huh. worked on Fruitvale Station, um, oh. uh, and who I think directed a short um, about about like hazing and stuff. Uh, in, there was a world where we didn't watch this movie, and now you're just you're just dragging us in to yeah. wa- like giving us interesting uh-huh. angles that will maybe the you first should watch a trailer be fa- <laughs> because that yeah. trailer is wild. It's like yeah, the the trailer for the first purge. It takes place on Staten Island. It takes place in a primarily black community. It is huh. very much like. It, it it seems like it seems like what if instead of um it, it seems like the way the inside of the black community the black community has been targeted many times in many ways by American uh-huh. government uh, 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 programs and it zooms in on that and it says like well what if okay. the first purge was basically a way to target black folk um and regardless of whether or not the science behind it is true the pitch is the government was in, was was going to make a test case that worked, um, and it could be bad. The fact that it's a black the, director also the raises the idea of like giving Demonico's words over yes. to a black yes. director who can be like, "Okay, buddy, like, <laughs> yeah, I see the like, right. some people, like, I like, I see the pieces you're working with here. Give you, give them to me. Give, give them me a pen because like often Demonico yeah. has is putting the pieces in place. It's just. The execution yeah. is is really lacking. Yeah. So the idea of like giving that to some because it often is the case with a lot of uh, screenwriters and like often like screenwriters pair with good directors like they can take scripts, elevate them, punch them up. Um, so the idea of handing that off, especially to a director that could it could fill in those gaps that clearly he is unable to do as a director himself. 
I'm talking myself into it. Here's the other thing. It's like the <laughs> uh-huh, Titanic. Please. We know it sinks. The first purge is a success because mm-hmm. there's a second right. purge. And so right. I'm ready to see that movie that is like the the core question in the fiction, in the world of the fiction is, will the purge be successful? And we right. already know the answer is yes, whether it is or not, it is going to be successful uh, in terms of its messaging and the way that the, the new founding fathers sell it and blah, blah, blah. So Yeah, the outward message is success. Yeah. Whether, yeah. Who knows yeah. what happens to the huh. characters? We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, we will do the first. Uh, fine. We're watching the first. Purge. Yeah. We're not watching the TV series. Hell yeah. Cut, we're, we're done. Yeah. I'll, we're not, I'll we're, trade. We'll I'll make that this. trade. We'll go to Assault on Precinct yeah. 13. That's that's the plan. There we go. That's where we go. I'll watch. Yeah. Hey, it's still October. Yeah. I, I can. Yeah. You know, I'm on a Halloween high right now, so there you go. I can fit that in. There you go. Uh, well, uh, thanks everyone uh, for for listening. Our thanks to Tumelo for our theme music. You can uh, find uh, more from Tumelo at a uh, two with the the, the number two uh, two mellowmakes.bandcamp.com, and you can follow him at Mellow makes on Twitter. You can keep up with all of us at waypoint.vice.com. Uh, please, like, go on iTunes. Uh, this uh, continues to live in the Waypoint Radio feed. Um, but rate that podcast. Rate our other podcasts, like the uh, actually going in there, giving it a star, giving a review. Whether more it's than on one iTunes star, or, five stars. Yeah, at least, five stars, yeah, at least three and a half. At least like, no more. You know, Seven. Average out. You Seven can't stars. give it a three and a half. Uh. Let's suit Mario Sunshine this, you know? Just, you can't tell right, our community that, though, because it'll be like the feet thing. Like, less with the feet. And then it's like, what about more feet? So it's like, give us Seven stars. Feet. Like, what about one? <laughs> yeah, I'll show my feet if you give us a star. Ugh. I don't know how you're going to get it. Anyway, uh, you can follow me at Patrick Kulbeck. Natalie, where can people follow you? Uh, at Natalie Watson. Rob. At Rob Zachney. Danielle. At Danielle R.I. Austin. At Austin underscore Walker. Thanks for listening. We'll be back. Uh, what? Okay, so let's think this through. So the, the week we're recording this, the Purge Anarchy podcast will go up. The week after that, the right. Red Dead Redemption podcast will go up. And then the week after that, this will go up. Well, this Seems is probably like should go up sooner than that. Yeah, maybe we, we sneak maybe both out next like week. Maybe this is like a, yeah. Yeah, a bonus. Po- well, now that we maybe have a title, maybe we can sneak that in yeah. next week and get it out a little earlier. So. Yeah, stay tuned. But yeah, next up will be uh, the the final. Film. We need Wait, to purge our podcast backlog. What? My title one. It, as long as it holds up to copyright yeah. scrutiny, I think you've got it. Thank you. That's Natalie. my legacy, right there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see everyone next time. A podcast reborn. <laughs> 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 Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.